Hello and welcome to Dragon's Demise, a podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. Today I'm joined by Greg. Howdy. And we will be reviewing three different small games. We have number nine, Small Star Empires, and Fantasy Realms on the roster. They're games that we like a lot and we've talked about quite a bit, but we've never really given the full review treatment. And so they're a little bit too small, a little bit too simple for a full 20-minute deep dive into the mechanics of each of these games. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to do a little bit of a a triple episode this time. Yeah, figured why not combine them, get them all out of the way right here. Yep. But first, let's talk about what we've been playing. Yeah, uh, so holiday was a few weeks ago now, uh, 4th of July, for those of you uh, stateside. And I got to do a little bit of traveling, visit some friends, visit some family. Which is always fun for me because I get to introduce people to new games. So one of the games that I've really been uh, preaching lately is the Tea Dragon Society, which you've heard us talk about. It's delightful, it's adorable, uh, but in spite of the fact that it's really, you know, gorgeous art, really, you know, simple and cute and and Mm -hmm. playful, it's actually still a good game. Yeah. Uh, Which is interesting because a lot of times that's a it seems to be a trade off that you make, right? Like you can have a really gorgeous artistic game yeah. or you can have a game with well-designed mechanics and that's obviously not inherently true you know i'm literally looking at the box for inish right now um but at a certain point like that is often a trade-off and this one absolutely doesn't t dragon society is fantastic game easy to pick up easy to play um and everyone that i've introduced it to has really enjoyed it so i had i, I played it also with a group uh, on the fourth of july but Actually had a little bit of a mixed review. On really? That. Yeah, I had two people that liked it quite a bit. And then a third person just had the worst luck of the draw in the entire game. Yeah. Like, he ended up doing really well, which was uh, surprising to him at least. Actually, I think he ended up winning. <laughs> no, no, no. He came in second. He, he, oh, okay. he was He was winning until the last person counted up their points. Hmm. But... Yeah, so the problem with the game is that you have those cards that make you discard other cards. Yeah, and sometimes you can get a you know just a run of bad luck. You draw exactly the wrong combination of of cards, yeah. and I mean, I do think from a game balance standpoint, it's important to have those, and it's important oh, sure. to have a little bit of risk inherent. Otherwise, it's not pushing your luck; it's just pushing. Well, the thing is that it's not even pushing your luck. So this is, I think, one of my complaints about the game. Whereas games like Mystic Veil are ones that you push your luck. You're not pushing your luck in in this game very much at all. All you're doing is you're drawing one card per turn. If it were drawing multiple cards per turn, then you would be start uh, starting to push your luck. Well, right. And that's why, so I'm thinking about the cards that you can get that cause you to draw a second or a third card whenever you draw the right type of mm-hmm. growth card. So, you know, you can invest super heavily in those and have really big swing turns, but then you also run the risk of drawing into one of your mischief cards. So yeah, but at the same time, at that point, so the thing the thing is that like he played really well, and he play, he played he got cards that gave him a lot of points, and so did really well during the entire game. But he was bored the entire game. Sure, because he got certain cards and like would save up for them, and it would take him forever because all it is is you drawing this one card. Boom, next. Boom, next. It's good, it's not great, is yeah. is my thought right now. Well, it's interesting, because, you know, from my perspective, I would say that that's just a rapid pace of play. But 
We can definitely talk about it more in depth yeah. in the review that I am 100% certain we will do because you and I and Leslie yep. all love this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got other stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. So I got to play at the same party another very interesting game. Godzilla Kaiju World Wars. Um, what? Yeah. So that's one of those games that just like you look at the cover of the game and it looks like a friggin' kaiju movie. Yeah. And like it's absolute shit. <laughs> You're really selling it here. You're really making me want to play it. I don't yeah. know if that's your intention. It is one of those games that it's just like the mechanics suck. The rules are even worse. The official rules rule book of the game is like printed black and white paper no pictures no nothing just like you know text from a word document okay and it's funny because it's not and it's like some of the other pieces like you have tanks and that kind of stuff right uh, and those are just like little cardboard pieces right okay sure uh, they're not they're just like you know rectangles that have printed either a tank or a, a military transport unit right and then you have like included in in the box for the actual kaiju are like plastic figurines, not not miniatures, uh-huh. just like the kind that you get when you're like five years old. Sure, and like you're playing, playing Sorry or Don't Wake Daddy or something. No, or? no, no. Like oh. you know, like <laughs> like little action figures, like little not even action figures, but like the plastic ones. Like you know, you had like the a lion or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, that kind of thing where it's just like one piece of plastic that's like. Not really well painted. And, and you're positive this wasn't a demo? Yeah. Okay. This was actually like... A this was actually the game itself. Okay. So there's clearly a silver lining coming because you're laughing and not crying. So what What was the redeeming quality of this game? There's really no... The, the redeeming quality of this is that you are still kaiju that are going to try to fight each other. Okay. And like, I mean, it sucks. It's not a good game. There's nothing really good about it. It's just It was just a hilarious experience. It's the B-movie of games. It is the B movie, but it's one of those where it's not, it's just bad. It's not even so bad. It's good. Interesting. It's, it, it was, it was an experience for sure. We had fun because we were just like, you know, all right, who cares about the, the points? Because the first scenario is like, yeah, play to 35 points. Oh, that's destroying like three, four story buildings and like one other building and you're mm-hmm. at 35. So it's really, really fast, even though it took, takes forever to like set up because it, the juxtapositions are just interesting because they have like really nicely 3D printed molded kind of like uh, building pieces mm-hmm. that you like put on top of each other that are like nice. And then you have like these kaiju that like I was playing uh, whatever the flying one is. I think Gamora. Mothra? Mo- uh, not, not Mothra. It was like a pterodactyl like looking like oh. something. Yeah, I don't know. But so that one didn't even stand up right. <laughs> And then it was just like, you know, they didn't really fit on the squares on the board. Right. And then it was just like, you know, how do you do this? Like all, all this kind of stuff. It was ridiculous. It was campy. It was stupid. But it was funny to play. All right. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, I, that's that's the goal, right? Is mm-hmm. to have fun, whether it's from good gameplay or from laughably bad gameplay. Yeah. And this was definitely on the laughably bad scale. All right. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, other stuff we've been playing more recently, actually, we got to sit down for another game of Space Base. Space Base. Uh, this was a game you played twice at Origins. Yep. I just played once because I, you know, wussed out and went home to go sleep. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun. We we have both compared it to Machikoro. Yes. It's sort of a, you have a tableau of cards and mm-hmm. each card 
activates on a different number. So one through 12, and you're rolling two dice every turn. But the difference, I think, and a very important difference that we've both identified between this and Machikoro is that from the outset of this game, you have something that activates on every single number. Yes. So you can never have a dead roll on your turn. Mm-hmm. And there's no different, like there's no, okay, I'm going to make a conscious decision to go into a my turn strategy versus another player turn strategy because Mm -hmm. it's just when you buy something that goes into a certain number, it replaces the thing that's already there and the thing that's already there turns into something that activates on your opponent's turn. Yes. So it's a lot more fluid right out the gate. Mm -hmm. You have a lot more control as well because of this additional mechanic where you can split the dice. Yeah. You know, if I roll two fours, I can take that as an eight, or I can just activate my four twice. So yeah. you you have a lot more precision, I think, in the application of the numbers that you roll and in sort of putting together a strategy than you would in a game like Machikoro. Exactly, and I, I really like that about it. And it's just a fun little quick game. It's really easy to teach, and for the most part, it really rewards engine building. He says, saltily. Yes. Do you want to tell the story or should I? So Greg has this card that he liked and he's tried uh, both games so far to to get it to work. The first game, it didn't. And this one, as uh, I'm guessing that you will have guessed, it did. It did. So it activates on a 12. Mm -hmm. And each time it activates, you put a charge counter on it. And it only activates on your turn. So whenever I roll a 12, I put a charge counter on it. And in a three-player game, I can remove four charge counters from it to win the game. Yep. I don't. I can completely circumvent points. Jacob had a like an undeniably incredible engine. He was literally he gamed it out two turns from winning. When I was able to activate this thing, it was completely dumb, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, pretty much. It was one of those moments where it was just like. I was just a little bit off on the calculations and like he got the, the cards that he needed to change the, the numbers into the other numbers that he needed. And like I was even looking at like what I could block him at and uh, and too then late. of course the, too little too late. Well, no, it was, it was I, the, the thing that gave you the game was the card that just came out True. Like, that I would not have been able to prevent True. you from, from you didn't getting. you didn't even have an opportunity because it came out after your turn and before mine yeah exactly so it was it was just uh it killed me but i like i told him after the game i've done it it didn't work the first time so i had to do it a second time and now it's done and i will not feel a compulsion to do that strategy again see i would have rather just you know kept winning against you with uh, yeah i'm sure sure you would have that would have been really great for you but (laughs) no we'll get back to even footing so yeah space based super fun we'll probably uh be playing more of that certainly and i would imagine bringing a review Mm -hmm. of it uh to the podcast before too much longer exactly uh, and lastly, just one other game I wanted to mention real quick was Botswana. Yeah, um, you mentioned this. So what's it like? So this is a game about collecting photographs or sightings of different rare, uh, or the big five animals that you see in African safaris. Okay, So sure. you have the, um, the leopards, the elephants, zebras, uh, rhinos, and lions. All right. And it's a fun little numbers game. And the way that it works is you start off the the round and you have uh, you split pretty much all the cards between everyone. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you each play one card on your turn, 
and then take one of the animals from the center. So as I was saying with like the Godzilla game, you know, the, the like your childhood kind of like mm-hmm. plastic figures. Same thing with this, except now you have the animals like tigers and I'm convinced that. that somebody just sold you a bill of goods that these aren't actually real games they're just something that they put together and threw into a cardboard box I mean this one is actually well designed <laughs> right. so I, I will give it that pretty much the way that it works yeah you have you have the cards and each of them the suit of the card is the animal type sure and then uh, what it is is whichever one's on top of that animal uh, animal stack is how much how many points that animal is worth at the end of the game mm. so it goes from zero to five and the game ends when any one animal has all six of their cards out. Okay. So it's one of those where it's like you really have to game out because you already know exactly what cards you have. Mm-hmm. And you know what cards are out there. There's none that are removed. So you have to game out like which ones to go for based on what you have. And the fact that, you know, if you're playing a five player game, like you're, you know, only one fifth of the cards that are going to be coming out. Right. Well, and I'm, you know, you said this sort of like fluid point values at the end mm-hmm. of the game and it instantly i thought of paris connection mm, and so yeah. you know you can do something that's going to benefit the stuff that you hold but yeah. it's also going to benefit yep. what other people hold mm-hmm. and you have to you have to balance that so that's interesting yeah it, it was really fun it's like a very light version of paris connection and uh, the the rounds go really quick usually you play as many rounds as there are players and so it's a two to five player game i think or three to five something like that all right it was a lot of fun i ended up winning really quite a bit uh, because I was just able to get the right cards at the right time and make the right plans. Sure. It was it was funny because the first two rounds, I got 20 points both rounds, which that was... That seems like a lot. Yeah. I mean, the next, the, the thing was that there was one person that I think got like 19 and someone else that got 19 also, but everyone else was in their low teens. Mm. But then I had two really bad rounds, and then I, I ended up with a fifth round, the guy who was like my biggest competition was sitting next to me literally just set me up oh, okay. it was the kind of thing where i'd been collecting rhinos so he like put something like a zero on rhinos or something like that like on his last turn and i was holding the five. Oh! so it just went like you know he went and like negated my stuff and then i put down the five end of the game and had the most rhinos nice <laughs> well there you go strats lead strats so it was it was just very fun i i did enjoy it it's a really quick light game but uh it was fun to play good deal well there you go that's a quick look at what we've been playing all right here we go so now it's time for our triple review we're going to review uh fantasy empires number stars nine nine realms no that's not who wrote these jacob yes Whatever, we'll sort it out. All right, here we go. So we're going to review first number nine, then small star empires, and then finally fantasy realms. We're going to go through these relatively quick, but we're going to try to do them all justice as well because they are really solid games. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right in to number nine. So number nine is a quick, a kind of tiling-ish kind of game. Yeah. But each of the tiles is a number. Right. And what happens is you draw a card from the center and that gets shown on you know doesn't matter then it's not like anyone's turn or anything like that it's just boom this card comes out that means you place that number on your pile kind of thing mm-hmm. and when you place the number you either place it on the bottom where it just has to be adjacent to any other tile uh, or you can start stacking them on top of each other 
And when you stack them on top of each other, you have a few rules with that. They have to be on at least two different tiles. Right. Very so important. You can't just like put an eight on top of an eight on top of an eight on top of an eight and so on and so forth. And they can't overlap any kinds of gaps. So right. the numbers themselves have like some weirdly like inlets and in the kind of thing that you have to like move around and see how they fit together correctly so that you can actually place the other numbers. And then you keep going until you run out of cards and then you score and scoring is interesting in the game because your bottom level scores nothing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you multiply the level minus one. So your second level is going to be one times whatever numbers you have on there. Then your third level is going to be two times whatever numbers you have on there. And then your top level is three times whatever numbers are there. Because let's face it, nobody's going to get higher than a fourth level. Yeah, no one's, no one's going to get higher than a fourth. And so it's interesting because it's like, you know, you could have the perfect spot for a zero on top, but what does that matter? Right, exactly. And so it's it's a fun game. It's a really quick game. It, it takes, I think, literally 15 minutes to go through, through one round of it. Right. And because it doesn't, you know, there's no this player's turn, then this player's turn, it doesn't even scale longer with the number of players it's just you know you flip over a card and everyone plays and it's really good i, I mean i think it's really solid you've yep. basically just got this core mechanic of trying to find the most optimal it's almost tetris like you know yes based on the number that's drawn and based on the numbers that you know are coming up because there's only two of each digit in mm -hmm. the deck zero through nine so you can say to yourself all right you know i've got uh, a two and a one and a four on my base level and i've got them in this configuration so i need to save room for like an eight to go here and get a bunch of points but you know maybe you get unlucky maybe you draw into a seven first and you say okay well that would be good enough and then suddenly there's the eight on the next turn so it's a lot of just trying to navigate through this space of do i go for the easy points or do i try to hold out to place a nine on the pinnacle yeah exactly so, and it's also, you know, you have to look at what cards have been drawn and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh, there are only small cards left. I really have to like build it up because otherwise it's not going to be a lot of points or, you know, something like that. And yeah, in general, it's, it's a very enjoyable game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quick. All of these games are, are really quite quick. So that's a detriment if that's not something that you're looking for. But honestly, a lot of times that is what I'm looking mm -hmm. for. You know, it's a great filler game. It's, oh, hey, we're waiting on one it's more an appetizer. person. <laughs> there you go. Board Game Bistro bringing that language in. Yep. It's an appetizer. You know, it's perfect. It plays very quickly. It's very light. It has some surprising strategic depth mm -hmm. to it, you know, but it's not inherently a brain burning game. Yep. You know, the, the opportunities for analysis paralysis are, I think, quite limited. Yeah. For sure. That all being said, uh, no game is perfect, and this one can be just a little bit repetitive. Yeah. This is not the kind of game that you're going to play 10 rounds of in a night because you're going to get bored. Yeah. Totally it's agree. a fun game to play once or twice, but it's definitely not the main event. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So all of that taken in consideration, real quick, pumping out a, a review, I'm going to give it a buy it. Uh, it's you know, very simple game. You've literally just gotten, in terms of components, the the cardboard punch-outs of mm -hmm. each digit. Which are nicely done, too. Yeah, I mean, they're solid, thick cardboard. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's all there is to it. It's reasonably priced. 
it's good at what it is. Yeah. Like, it doesn't try to be anything it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, this is a really light, spatial numbers game. If that's what you're liking, definitely buy this. I agree. I'm actually going to give it a play. It I think it's a lot of fun, but it's a game that I haven't brought to the table in a long time. And it's just not one that comes out very often to me. I think it's fun for sure. And if you like these kinds of mathy number types of games uh, that have that little bit of a spatial element, I think it's it's really good. But I would say just play it before we buy it. Fair enough. Real quick, a uh, game that we think is quite similar is Reef. Reef mm-hmm. was sort of one of the darlings of Origins this year. Yep. Very, very similar. You've got um, different components that you're rewarded for playing them horizontally, but you're also rewarded for playing them vertically. You've got, you know, different scoring configurations. It's definitely more complex, yeah. you know, because it's not a single scoring condition. You've got ones that change based on the cards that you draw. But in terms of gameplay and in terms of looking for ways to stack that are advantageous to you, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to just stack willy-nilly. You want to make sure you're going in a place that's really going to benefit you quite similar so if you're looking for something similar to number nine but a little bit more intensive check out reef exactly all right now let's go on to the second one bam one done on to the next one all right small star empires is game number two of these this quick fire review session that's right so uh small star empires is a game where pretty much you're building an empire by making colonies on all different kinds of planets and you do that in a very simple way you have a board set out depending on the number of players you have different configuration of the board and you start with different parts and all that so you have ships that scale with a number of players and so you use these ships they can move as far as you want in any one straight line right and the grid is a hex grid and then when it lands that's where you place a colony mm-hmm and that's the mechanic of the game. Very simple. Yeah. There are, of course, more things like, for example, colonies score based on how many planets are in the systems that you place them in. There are also trading posts, which score based on how many opponents' colonies are adjacent to it. And there are nebulas, which, depending on how many of those nebulas you control, that's how many points you get. So it's a very simple game, but it belies a very, very deep kind of like strategizing like in it. Right, because a lot of that stems from a mechanic that we haven't mentioned yet, Yeah, which is that colonies are non-traversable. Yes. Once you put down a colony, no player can pass through that colony. Mm-hmm. So you're locking off areas of the board. You're forcing not just yourself, but your opponents to sort of go around it. And you're, you're not necessarily spiraling in this way, but... You lock off points of the map. You say, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna create a wall here, and then mm-hmm. I'm just going to operate on this other side of it. So there's a lot of, we talked about it beforehand, we called it almost chess-like. Yep. You know, it's a lot of maneuvering. It's a lot of thinking to yourself, okay, in three turns, this ship is going to be positioned to zoom off in this direction and go here, but that's a pretty telegraphed move, so I can anticipate that my opponent's going to try to block that with a con- So like... You're just you're constantly thinking three, four moves ahead. Yeah. Uh, and it's it is a lot. You know, in contrast to number nine, I do think that one of the strikes against Small Star Empires is that it is actually quite brain burny mm-hmm. for such a, a simple game. Um yeah. but I mean, it works. You know, it's there's lots and lots of complexity in that one mechanic. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's one of those like simple but like it's deceptively simple. It's mm-hmm. uh, easy to learn, hard to master kind of is. gameplay. 
And I like that. I like that a lot where it's just like, uh, you have to think about how you're positioning your different ships. So yeah, that one planet or that one system might be really, really useful for you. But after that, you're not going to be able to get that ship back either ever or until you like move it three times with uh, into more useless systems. Mm-hmm. And so it can be very difficult in that way too. That all being said, I think the one no game is perfect for this game would be that if you have someone who has played this game many times and is skilled uh, with these types of games, the skill gap can be very, very, very apparent. True. Like someone can play circles around you if you don't realize that you can do certain types of things. Right. Because again, as with any game where, you know, that rewards looking downfield, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking long term, that's not always obvious. It's not always accessible. And you kind of have to play three, four or five games before one, you realize that that's a thing you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And two, that's a thing you need to get good at. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Skill gap is something that comes into play with Small Star Empires. I think between that and sort of the inherent brain burniness of it, I am going to give it a play it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great game. I think it's, it's you know, a lot of fun. The, the miniatures are actually extremely high quality. They're yeah. these sort of little tiny uh, plastic ships and colonies. Yeah, they're like 3D printed or something like that. They have like the, the, um, the towers and everything. It's not just like, you know, one little thing. It's like it's all really nicely done. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's really high quality. And if, you know, if you're the person who likes chess or go or a lot of those positioning, strategic positioning types of games, maybe you'll disagree with me. Check it out. But for me, it's a play it. So I'm going to go and say that this is a buy it for me because like uh, I like this kind of thing. I think that this is a game that comes in a very small package. The box itself is quite small. The pieces are really high quality and... It's a game that you can sit down and play and really have a nice, satisfying, like heavy game kind of experience in a very small box. Yep. So I think that if you like that, if you like the theme especially, uh, you should definitely check it out. Also, they have a number of variants that also change the game in slight ways. We've played with some of them, haven't played with others, but in general, they've been fun. And so... I think all in all, it has a really nice, uh, really good package for the entire game. Yep. Again, one quick recommendation if you think you'll like Small Star Empires. 8-Minute Empire Legends, similar name, also similar gameplay. Um, you know, lots of thinking ahead about where you need to position your you know, troops, starships, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. A lot of dudes on a board yep. type of thing, but without any direct conflict yep. for the most part. There's a little mm-hmm. bit in 8-Minute in Empire, but... Both games are much more about positioning and they're much yeah. more about, yeah, yeah. you know, how do you approach the strategy in the abstract? So if that's an aspect of gameplay, you know, that you like and you like small star empires, check out eight minute empire legends. Exactly. Uh, the last game that we have on our quick fire reviews is one that we've talked about for many, 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 many of what we've been playing yeah. and recommendation list and other things like that. And that is Fantasy Realms. Yeah, this is probably the longest overdue review, certainly that we have on our plate right now. Maybe not ever, but yeah. as of right now, yeah, we've we've really been enjoying Fantasy Realms, and we've been playing tons of games of it, and we just haven't gotten around to it. So let's start by describing gameplay, because it's really easy. You have a hand of seven cards. On your turn, you take a card, either from the face-up you know, rows in the center or face down from the top of the deck. And then you put down a card from your hand. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's the entirety of gameplay. Yep. 
you pick up a card, you put down a card. That's it. And the game ends when there are 10 cards face up in front of the players. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you're sitting there thinking to yourself, that's it? Why are these guys raving about this game all the time? And it's because there's tons of nuance in the cards. So there are 10 suits of Mm -hmm. five cards each, as well as three unsuited, effectively, cards. Mm -hmm. So it's a 53-card deck. Every single card is unique. And not only that, every single card has really dramatically different abilities. Oh, for sure. So they've got, each of them has a suit, each of them has a name. Each of them has a base power, which ranges between 1 and 40. And each of them has either bonuses or penalties. And these are really going to be your big point swings. So these are things that synergize with other suits, other named cards. You know, So one of the suits is leader. Mm-hmm. And of the five leaders, there's a king and there's a queen. And if the king and queen are together, they get like 40 extra points each. Yep. Which, considering that the base value of these two cards is like 10 to 12 points, that's absolutely massive. So it's a game that really rewards finding the synergies and being able to put them together, being able to assemble these, you know, different strategies. You've got you've got leader strategies and you've got sort of raw elemental weather fire strategies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you've got, you know, wizards over here doing battle with, with magical beasts and stuff. And it's really finely crafted i think very precisely crafted none of the cards you know there's cards that are really generically useful Mm -hmm. but i don't think any of the cards are just absolutely like if you have this card in your hand you're going to win the game because the ones that are the most powerful are also some of the hardest to activate Mm -hmm. so i think you know there's just a really fine balance there and i think the game is phenomenal because there's so many different paths to victory Exactly. There are a lot of different paths of victory, and I really like some of the variants as well, especially the two-player variant. Mm-hmm. It's probably like my favorite way of playing the game, where you pretty much start with no cards, and you're collecting the cards. So it's a little bit of a longer game at that point, but still not very long. And it really lets you tailor in that strategy and get like those really synergistic cards and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So... I just really like this kind of thing where it's just like, I wonder if this is going to come out. If this comes out, like I have it perfect, but then someone else doesn't really see what your strategy is, tosses a card out and you're just like, mine. <laughs> and then like you lay it out at the end of the thing. It's just like, I have a lot of points or just, you know, you misread one card. And it's like, oh, I totally did mess this up. I was supposed to be collecting this and not that. Yeah. And, and suddenly <laughs> you're staring down a minus 50 penalty and you're like, well, I'm out of contention. Yeah, exactly. But because it's a, you know, 15, 20 minute game, you just sit down and play another. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played just one game of Fantasy Realms. Ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. It's it's almost never happened. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another variant that's actually quite dramatically different that neither mm-hmm. of us have ever played, but I'm excited to at some point. It's much more social. Yeah. So you yeah, yeah. there is no center row. Every player starts with their hand of seven cards. And instead of, you know, put one down pick one up Mm -hmm. you just go around and you trade with one another and at the end of you know however long 10 minutes 15 minutes whoever has the highest hand wins yeah so it's all about you know working the room and it's it's okay well i've got this and maybe we can do a three-way trade and so Mm -hmm. i you know i don't go in much for social deduction games but that one seems almost more like just a social game yeah and i'd love to try it out sometime for sure for sure that all being said no game is perfect so there's, I think the one complaint that I have is does a little bit about the rules. 
there are some parts of them that are just not really clear. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one is the doppelganger. It's copy any one card in the copy any one card, I think is what it says or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Is it cards that have been played? Is it cards that you have in your hand? Is it cards that are in the entire deck? Are you allowed to look through the deck to know which card you want to copy? Like, what are the limits? Yeah. It's really difficult to to just do that because there are certain cards that it's just like, unless you're looking for one thing like it's with a synergy, you're just going to choose the card that gives you like the most points. So it's like, it's almost always like this. And it's just like, boom, okay. Yeah, just take that one. Right. And, and so it's, I think that that's my biggest complaint. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some, some clarifying that could be done with the rules. Mm-hmm. But that's a relatively minor issue. And I don't think it is going to detract in any way from my giving this game a top shelf. It's a gold star, ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests. Top shelf right here. Yep. Realms. And uh, make that a uh, double top shelf because I hey. am 100% giving this a top shelf. It, it has been one of my absolute favorite games that I have played probably the most of this game than like just about any other game that I've played in the last year. So this game is awesome. Uh, it is one of my favorites. It is a game that I have already gifted probably about three or four times myself. Yep. And it's, it's just one of those that's really quick, really easy. Most people will understand it because, well, one of the games that we'll say that it's very similar to is Rummy. Yeah. I mean, it really is just sort of a, a, a more complex more satisfying really version of rummy yeah exactly so it's just like okay I, most people know at least the basics of rummy and so it's really easy to teach from that and then you just talk about like how they do, they interact and everything is printed on the card so it's really easy in that way you just have to tell people to be really careful about the blanked cards and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but in general yeah this is just a really really well done game and definitely deserves a top shelf spot absolutely well there you go count it out everybody that's three reviews in what 20 minutes i think that's some sort of record probably for us anyway certainly for us so but yes hopefully you enjoyed our review uh number nine small star empires and fantasy realms thanks everybody for joining we hope you enjoyed this episode of dragon's demise Reminder, Washington tickets are on sale now, or because we know you all love free stuff, you can get in for free by volunteering. Head over to WashingtonCon.com. You can sign up to volunteer. They'll get in touch with you and your ticket for the entire weekend totally covered. So check that out. We absolutely would love to see your smiling faces as volunteers at this year's Washington. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We've got a really awesome new series that we're doing called Board Game Bistro where we teach you how to play various board games in the style of a cooking show. It's a ton of fun. Myself and Leslie are your master chefs and guides into this exciting culinary board game experience. So head over to YouTube. Those are there. We've got a new one coming out soon. You won't want to miss. Plus, we've also got other great content, including origins, streams, plus, you know, vlogs and other good stuff. And finally, be sure to join us next week when we talk about board games and the components that make them.